This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. Here he is, Dr. History. Good morning, Zell. Hello, my friend. Yes, beautiful day, a little windy, but... Love to see the farmers. Now, back. yesterday was not, so not nice. No, not so much. And the only thing that saved you from bringing one of my black resistols back to me was a fence on the far side of the arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I drove, to I drove to Pocatello and I had a tailwind all the way. Oh, my so, goodness. And one thing I wanted to mention, folks, my book, Coal Miner to Cowboy, is available on Amazon in the print form. But by the end of this week, I've got a fellow that's helping me put it on as an ebook, so you'll be able to read it uh, as on your Kindle or your uh, iPad. Oh! So it'll be an electronic book by the end of this week, hopefully. And as soon as I get it recorded, it'll be available as an audio book. Are you going to do the recording? Yes, I'm going to. My, you know, the listeners are used to my voice, and yeah. I've got a place in Salt Lake a professional studio that's going to help me record the book. So, okay. So hopefully that'll be coming down the road here a little bit. Hey, by the way, have you heard anything from Budweiser, Veeble, Fluster? Snitchel Fluster. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's he's contacted me a few times. He's still alive and well. I see. Doing he fine. was just checking to see if you were in jail or not. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So today's Zeb, I'm going to talk about a uh, bullfight. All right. Really? Like yeah, in yeah. the rodeo business? No, no. Oh. You'll see. Okay. <laughs> so Joe Wolf, yeah, I know you've never heard of him. He was a unique, I'm going to say, quote, unique promoter. Basically, he was a con man. I see. All right? Well, I don't, I don't know anybody like that. I, I know. And he blew into Cripple Creek, Colorado. Been there. Uh, near Gillette? Yep. Yeah. No, wait a minute. Near Gillette? It says it was by Gillette, Colorado. 
So Whoa, you Colorado. got me on that one. Okay. Okay. So 1894, and he opened up a hotel, and he did some promoting. He had some different kind of shows, and Cripple Creek kind of provided a steady flow of money uh, for fun and games, and uh, but then he didn't show any reluctance to relieving the town of its money at every see. chance he had. Uh-huh. So you can see what kind of a integrity-type guy this guy was. So Joe Wolf came up with an idea. How about a bullfight? He figured that he could make a bundle of money by setting up a lavish, full-scale Spanish bullfight. This doesn't sound good. Oh, it gets better. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't die first. (laughs) Still, Still got this cough. Sorry. Anyway, now, contrary to some beliefs, bullfights weren't actually uncommon in the Old West. Mm -hmm. Uh, Texas, in Texas, uh, there were some. uh, Dodge City, Virginia City, uh, they actually had not with any great success. Did you ever see the movie The Cowboys with, uh, uh, oh my goodness, I forgot it, Glenn Ford, and uh, he was mostly in humor movies. I can't think of his name right now. But they went down to Mexico, and they used to do the bullfights to the point where it wasn't a fight they get into a large pen of cows and bulls fighting bulls and they had to put a circular object over the horn oh i have not seen that that'd be uh, a challenge oh my so you know usually one bull was used and no matador with a spanish or mexican reputation would appear in the ring it was pretty low-key well joe wolf wasn't the type of man to do things in a small way so on august 1st 1895 he announced that he was presenting the greatest the greatest of all bullfights at at an old racetrack in Gillette, which was near Cripple Creek. Hmm, okay. Okay. Now, as a secondary attraction, he got the services of a guy named Arizona Charlie, who was supposed to be a crack shot. Oh, I've heard of him. A shooter. Yeah. And also some cowboy performers, a guy named Charlie, uh, well, it's Charlie Meadows, and also, he was going to have some picadors, which are horse-mounted yep, yep. Uh, matadors. Yep. Well, his advertising poster promised stars, and not one, but several matadors were named Cavlos uh, uh, Garcia, the world's greatest bullfighter, was supposed to be coming. La Charita, the only lady bullfighter, was supposed to be coming. So, he was building this up. La Charita! Pretty good. A carload of Casadero bulls, which were the most noted of all fighting animals, were to arrive with the matadors. Uh-huh. They had other attractions, a ladies' chariot race, hurdles, races, a cowboy tournament. Uh, this had prizes exceeding $3,000. So admission ran from as low as $3 uh, up to $25 for box seats. Way back then? Yeah. That's wow. a lot of money. It was. So, 50 carpenters worked day and night to construct an arena to seat 5,000 people. He wasn't, he was going big time. Okay. Now, there was no actual law against bullfights in Colorado, but there was still some opposition. Okay. Uh, the day before the opening, uh, Wolf's, uh, array of bullfighters and entertainers arrived in Cripple Creek. It was hardly what had been advertised. Instead of the famous Garcia, the guy said was the best. Yeah. Uh, and 10 famous matadors, only one appeared. Uh oh. And he would hardly be hailed as an internationally great bullfighter. His name was Jose Marrero. Watch out for Jose. Watch out for Jose. Now he looked imposing. 
uh, you know, because he had on this uniform the, and the yeah, fancy and the Toreador yeah, outfit. Yeah, all yeah. that. Uh, yeah. But basically, he was what you'd call a third string starter who had only appeared in a few small arenas. What happened to the main attraction? Oh, we'll keep going here. I oh, now let me so. show you this, Zeb. This okay. is this is what showed up in the uh, uh, oh. newspaper or the. Uh, you know, to advertise what was that coming. was the original That's picture, the original picture I right see. there. I see, yeah. And in the middle there is Jose Marrero. Oh, that's Jose. Yeah, out in the middle of the He's arena. still alive in this picture. Well, he, yes, he, <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> now, La Charita, the world's only lady bullfighter, yeah. was nowhere to be found, and she didn't come either. She didn't come. Now, the carload of Casadero bulls. Turned out to be in reality a shipment of Longhorns from Texas. So, in other okay. words, this guy that you're talking about was duping a lot of uh, people. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the real thing would have cost him a lot of money oh, to have yeah. the real, oh, the real yeah. bulls yeah. for bullfighting. Absolutely. Now, another little issue came up: the Humane Society and the church groups didn't worry uh, Wolf at all, but he, there was a sheriff named Jim Bowers who did. Bowers was an old-time peace officer, and uh, he wasn't always real nice how he enforced the law. I see. But uh, anyway, a bullfight was nothing but trouble, he figured, and the sheriff let it be known that his sympathies were with the bulls, uh-huh. not with the bullfighter I see. or Joe Wolf. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, so Wolf countered the sheriff's uh, talk by making Lou Lambert, the constable at Gillette, a director in the bullfight enterprise, hoping that the constable's jurisdiction would kind of deter the sheriff. I see. Wolf even made all of the officers of the city part owners in his venture. So he had every. And all this took place the day before? Yeah. Right in there. So the sheriff really, you know, he didn't have anybody backing him up to try to stop this. Oh, my. So here we go. It's 10 in the morning of August 2nd. The crowds begin to arrive at the arena for the preliminary entertainment. There's this chariot race. There's different things, uh, kind of a cowboy show, shooting, a few. Kind of a Wild West show. Yeah, sort of, but probably in a much lower level. Yeah. 
Now, the bullfights were to take place at 1 p.m. The crowd filling into the arena was hardly what Wolf expected, uh, although it was still morning. Uh, but less than a thousand people showed up. You remember he had seating for 5,000. 5, yeah. Uh, the ladies' races went off with a little bit of excitement, nothing big. The Meadows brothers, the sharpshooter, they did their thing and that was probably worth watching. They did some bronc riding and, and again shooting and Arizona Charlie did his best to entertain mm-hmm. the people. He was a real guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He, They've named a lot of things after him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he was an actual, uh, real guy. So, you know, slowly the crowd grew to be about 3,000. No. And remember, he was charging, what did I say, two fifty dollars uh, and $25 for yeah. the good seats. So, uh, 3,000, you know, Joe Wolf was a showman, okay? His parade of picadors and extras was kind of gaudy. It was extravagant. It was noisy. There were two bands to kind of get the crowd all riled up and uh, for the thrill of a Mexican bullfight. And Wolf himself sat in a special box seat, kind of like, kind of like uh, uh, Nero in the, the Gladiators, you know, the special box yeah, seat. Yeah, he brought his fiddle with him. Yeah, surrounded by famous people, yeah. supposedly. Now, Jose Marrero, remember. Yeah, remember, Jose was third string. He was third, kind of a third-rate matador. Yeah. Well, he made a dramatic appearance as he led the way to Wolf's seat, and as customary, Jose requested permission to kill the first bull. Yep. So, Wolf got up, dressed in all this finery, you know, and he bowed real low, and he grounded, granted permission. A bugle blared, the crowd took up the cry, loud and boisterous, a gate opened, and a longhorn steer came charging into the arena. And what did the people think of that? The cowboys jumped over the fence. <laughs> they weren't going to stick around. They knew what a longhorn was. Well, the bull stopped in the center of the arena as if kind of wondering what to do next. Uh-huh. Marrero had the job of getting the bull worked up for battle. And using a large red cape, he tried to get the bull to charge. It had other ideas. Instead of charging, this bored bull strolled around the ring. Marrero chased him in frustration. <laughs> he fell down a few times and finally gave up in disgust. <laughs> Can you picture this? Jose, get up! He's trying to get this bull to fight him, and the bull's just running around the arena. I thought you said it was a uh, Texas steer. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. a Texas steer. Let's not give him anything yeah, else. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So the cowboys on horses dressed as picadors. They entered the scene with long spears. Oh yeah! And the bull seemed a little more interested, and he did charge some of the uh, some of them. But the cowboys they just ran off. So Marrero marched up to Wolf's box and asked permission to kill the bull uh-huh. again. The crowd were by this time pretty well liquored up, and they wanted some excitement. And they whooped and cheered as Marrero walked up to the bull. He danced in front of it. He waved his cape in front of his nose. The bull didn't move. (laughs) Marrero shouted and swore at it in Spanish. It still didn't move. It stood there. It stood there. Oh, my goodness. So, without an angry bull, the matador was unable to perform the delicate movements that was expected of him. Yeah. So, disgusted, he went back to Wolf. Okay. 
After speaking with Wolf... Don't you dare tell me he stabbed Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Marrero, with a sword drawn, headed back into the arena. At this point, Sheriff Bowers yelled to Joe Wolf. He said, uh, to shoot the bull. And Wolf refused. uh, And the sheriff was mad. And he told Wolf he was going to get him arrested. I mean, things were heating up. It was falling apart. Yeah. Now, the crowd was entertained by this unexpected confrontation, and the bull was kind of forgotten for the moment. Mm-hmm. They hooted and shouted, some backing the sheriff, and others uh, roaring in defiance of, in, in Wolf's behalf. They were behind Wolf. And all this time, poor Marrero was chasing the bull around the arena. So Jose's still running. He's still chasing He's the like bull. the ever-ready bunny. Yeah. He was waving his sword in the air. He managed to finally get the bull against the fence and lunged with the sword. He got the animal in the shoulder. Uh Uh-oh. So he did stab the bull. I see. Well, the startled, frightened animal just took off running, again, with Marrero chasing him. The tired matador, but now, you know, he's running around that arena quite a few times. Yeah, I mean, the guy is qualifying. Yeah, he's tired out. Yeah, Yeah. So he finally caught the bull again, made another thrust. The bull finally turned on the matador, and this is what he wanted. Marrero tried to look heroic as he jabbed the tired animal. The bull went down. Uh, cowboy rushed up and put the animal out of his misery with the shot from a pistol. Oh, my goodness. That's the end of the steer. Oh, that's the Texas Longhorn. So, you know, here's Marrero. So he's waving his sword high in the air. He strutted with pride to Wolf's box for recognition. Wolf raised his big Mexican hat high and tried to smile as the sheriff's deputies surrounded him. Uh-oh. So things are not looking good for Wolf. Yeah. Well, Wolf announced that the bull was dead and the sheriff and his whole men were uh, then arrested Wolf and the matador. So here's poor Marrero. Innocent. Innocent. Well, Jose's had a bad day. Yeah. So Wolf, Marrero, uh, the Cowboys, the Picadors were all hauled off to uh, the Justice of the Peace, a guy named John O'Leary. Unfortunately for the sheriff, O'Leary and most of the town's officials were members of Wolf's Mexican Bullfight Society. Justice O'Leary fined Wolf $5 and let everybody go. You're kidding. That was it. You're kidding. So Wolf announced that his grand national bullfight would continue the next day. Uh, but not so great. Only 300 people showed up. I mean, yeah. Who wants to watch a, a, a matador chase a steer, a steer around the arena? <laughs> well, so this time there were two bulls in the show, and Marrero couldn't catch either one of them because uh, they just take off scared to death each time he approached where, waving this big red cape. Well, his efforts finally came to an up, <clears throat> to an end when attorney Henry Blackmer handed Wolf a warrant for his arrest. Uh-oh. So he's getting arrested again. Again. Okay. Day two. Yeah. So Wolf and his crew were taken to Cripple Creek. They were fined $100 and told that if this continued, the fine would be tripled. Okay. So Wolf, being a realistic con man, businessman, left Cripple Creek and you'll like this, without paying his fine and without paying his creditors, without paying the guys that built the arena, uh, Marrero probably didn't get paid. Uh, I feel sorry for Jose. Yeah, the poor guy. I mean, he's third rate, <laughs> trying to move up in the ranks. And the poor guy, all he did was chase steers around the arena, you know. So Wolf returned to New York. He opened a restaurant and spent the rest of his days scheming how to uh, try to con other people. 
So Wolf's grand national bullfight was the last attempt in the West to stage such an event as this. Well, yeah, but look at, he still made money on this. He did. He made yeah. a lot of money so on this. So I'm going to hand this to you. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that. So take a look at that. Yeah. Uh, the uh, advertising that he did and up at the top there shows where I he, feel sorry for Jose. I mean, man, he's out there and he's got all of his uh, fancy bullfighting clothes on and that's, that's it. Yeah. That old steer ain't going to do nothing. Well, you know, when old Joe Wolf moved into Cripple Creek, he, uh, he was always looking for an opportunity to relieve people of their money. You know, what bothers me, you know, you said, uh, and we were talking about how he made some money. You take like the first day he had 3,000 people. Right. Okay, now let's just take an average. What do you think? Maybe an average was 10 bucks. Yeah. Well, okay. if you consider, yeah. That's 30,000 bucks. Well, yeah. And okay. then he took off and didn't pay anybody. And he didn't pay anybody. And the next day he made a little money off 300 people. Yeah. Okay. So he owed for all the, the bleachers and everything else. He owed for the steers that were brought up. He owed poor Jose Marrero. Oh, Jose. At least he could have done is bought Jose a new pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Running shoes. Yeah, right. Nikes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But, uh, anyway, that's the story of Joe Wolf and the world. And he went to New York. Yeah, and finished out his life there. We don't know what happened to him. What did he do back there? He owned, opened a restaurant. Restaurant. Yeah. Okay. And probably boasted about how he was a bullfight uh, uh guy that promoted isn't it amazing though that those kind of con men still operate today yeah yeah yeah. i mean there's you know what's who said that there's a sucker born every minute was you got it yeah uh, wasn't that w not wc fields it was uh uh wc fields wasn't he the actor i'm trying to think yeah i thought it was barnum maybe it might have been pt barnum pt barnum pt barnum yeah and you know of course he did put on good shows pt barnum yeah uh, years ago, I had a, a a man and a woman that I knew that had worked uh, with the Barnum and Bailey shows. Uh, he was a clown. He yeah. actually was inducted into the Clown Hall of Fame, and he lived just right over here across the river. He was on my radio program, uh, and somewhere in that Fro- uh, Frosty, yeah, in that file over there, I've got his picture he sent me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did too. Yeah. And yeah. his wife was a showgirl. Yeah, beautiful lady. And uh, they met while uh, working for Barnum and Bailey. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, this guy, what was his name again? Joe Wolf. Joe Wolf. He was a wolf, let me tell he, you. <laughs> he was a wolf, a con man, and uh, a promoter of not good things. Well, let's say that he walked out of there with thirty grand back in 18, what, 95? Oh, yeah. It's pretty good money. At least three hundred thousand yeah. or four. Pretty good money. Yeah. Opened up a restaurant and sat he back did. and smiled at the world. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> did just fine. Thank you, Dr. Hiss. Good to have you back in the studio. Oh, it's good to be back. It's just not the same, you know, when I'm not here. I no. It's just when we're face-to-face, yeah. it's just a lot better. So. And uh, next time you talk to Oviebel Flooster Budweiser, Schnitzel tell Flooster. him I said hello. I'll do it. Okay, good. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.